back here in the USA. Uh, we got back on uh, Wednesday night. We were in a trip. I wanted to show you a couple pictures. Uh, if you're a guest here today, first, before we talk about our stuff, I want you to know that we're very glad you're here. Uh, very excited. I want you to feel welcome. I want you to feel at home here with us. Uh, and we're, we're glad you're here. I know God's glad you're here. But uh, back to our stuff. Uh, I was out of town this past weekend, miss you. Uh, Anthony did a tremendous job. Yes, I listened, I watched. I really appreciate uh, him standing in the gap. And I uh, wanted to show you a couple pictures. Where were we? Okay, we were not vacationing in Central America. We were with our sister family churches uh, in Central America in El Salvador for this conference. Uh, it was called uh, Pasión por Ti. Okay, Passion for You. Uh, and we were there for that conference. It was a five-day conference that we were part of. Started out with a leadership part. Wanted to show you a picture of my beautiful wife. She was teaching the women in Espanol. Okay, she hasn't, she hasn't lost it. Uh, she was, she was uh, you know, sharing about the book of Oseas. You can see it up there on the screen. And this is, this is your servant. Uh, I was there uh, teaching a class on guess what we talked about. You got it, Holy Spirit. Okay, and the title of the class was uh, 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 Apasionados por Ti, and just being, just filled with passion for God. And we don't normally do that, but the Holy Spirit can do that for us. Okay, He can fill you with that kind of passion, and we're going to talk about that. And uh, we're, we're in the middle, kind of ending our series on Forgotten God. It comes from a book written by Francis Chan. Uh, and, and we love it. It's been great. I hope you're reading it. Uh, it's a phenomenal book, and uh, it's really ministered to me. And the whole focus is of reversing our neglect of the Holy Spirit. So there's two things we want to work on. We want to work on our reliance on the Holy Spirit, which we've neglected. And we want to work in our relationship with the Holy Spirit, which we need more and more. And, and just, you know, as your minister, I, I guys want you to know that I'm getting older. And I need more of God's help in doing this work. You know, you don't have the, the bandwidth. So uh, if you've missed any one of our, our classes here, you can go to our website. You can watch it. In fact, I want to just say hi. Turn around and say hi. Got a lot of people watching online, I know, because they're not here. They may be somewhere else. I know there's some people in Northern California. Uh, there's people watching this in Central America. I want you guys to know that. Uh, there's people in Argentina watching our services online uh, who knows where else but we just want to give a shout out to you guys online uh, and say hello uh, but if you miss anything you can go to our youtube channel also lighthouse church of christ youtube channel you can watch any of our messages that we have i want to give a shout out to our team in the back that makes this all possible uh, what a what a resource what a resource the whole theme of this we've been talking about is Jesus gave his disciples this promise. He says, listen, guys, I'm leaving. But it's better for you. He says this, very truly, I tell you, it's for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him. Jesus says, in place of me, there's going to be somebody better. He said, there can't be anybody better than you, Jesus. He says, Absolutely. I'm going to send you an advocate. I'm going to send you a defender. I'm going to send you a counselor. And I'm going to send you, what else? Anybody remember? A comforter. 
How many need comfort? I don't know where you are today. How many of you need comfort today? Okay, and th- those are most of us. You know, those are most of us. But Jesus is saying it's better. And, and I know a lot of us don't feel it's better. We'd rather have Jesus, right? You'd rather have Jesus face-to-face, eye-to-eye. But one of the reasons why we don't get this is because we, we are too overly dependent on ourselves until the moment. But we've been focusing on this. We're dependent. Are we dependent on ourselves or are we desperate for his spirit? Let me just share with you. When I was down in Central America, there are people that are desperate for God. You and I are not desperate for God because we have a lot. We are so blessed. But there are people that traveled 12 hours by bus to go to that conference. Like all night. Uh, eight hours in a car ride with the family to be at that conference for that four-day conference. It was so, so incredible. The, the hunger, the desperation that they have for God's Holy Spirit. And, and you know, just to kind of take us back, the, the first couple of weeks we talked about this. Anthony did a tremendous job last week talking about filled. How's your week been? Have you been working on being filled with the Holy Spirit? I promise you, it probably wasn't that easy, was it? And I'm going to help you with that today because we're going to talk about things that keep us from being filled. Okay? Keep us, keep us from being filled. And if, if you uh, didn't get a promise card, I pass these out in Spanish in Central America. And they just gobble them up. They were just gone. Okay? So we've got to send them more. Uh, but people are just so thankful for the promises of the Holy Spirit that God has given them. And I don't know if you've been praying through those. And just claiming those. God, you gave me this, and I'm asking you, give it to me more. Give me this power. Give me this promise. I need your help. If you need a card, you don't, if you didn't get one two weeks ago, we got, we got more. Okay, so you can, you can get one on the way out. But just to, before we start today, I, I just want to encourage you with this passage. This is, this is an incredible passage. In verse 14, we're looking at verse 17, but verse 14, guess what Paul said? Paul said, listen. I am on my knees for you, church in Ephesus. I am on my knees for you, begging God so that you could see this. And he says this, I pray, I'm begging God, I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people all over the world. And Paul was begging, God, I want, I want, and, and I'm praying that you'll grasp how wide and how long and how high and deep is the love of Christ. And know this love that surpasses all knowledge that you may be filled with the measure of all the fullness of God. This is huge. I, I, I pray that you will grasp, that you'll wrap your mind around, that you'll wrap your heart around, that you'll understand, that you'll get it. I hope you get this today. Paul was just begging. This is my hope for you today. This is my hope for all of us today, that you'll get this. How much does God love you? How much does God love you? I want you to understand how wide his love, how wide is God's love? Any idea how wide is his love? You can't put a distance. Okay, let's talk about wide. Let's talk about long. Okay, long. How long is God's love? It's forever. It's forever. There's no limit. How high is God's love? How deep is God's love? Oh, it's deeper than the deepest you could ever imagine. It's deep. 
But how, how wide, how long, how, how deep, how high is his love for who? For you. I don't know where you're at today. I don't know if you're tracking 100%. If you're like, man, I'm feeling great today. I'm, I'm feeling so good. My life is good. I'm blessed. Thank you, God. But I know there's a couple of you that are not. You're hurting inside. There's a couple of you that are just, you're not feeling anything. You're just like, I don't know. I, I don't even know why I'm here. I'm not sure if I should be here. I got bribed to come here. I, I feel guilty if I don't come here. J just stop a minute, will you? Just stop a minute and hear me when I say this. Hear what Paul is saying to us as a church. I love you. God loves you. He loves you so, so much. If you're a guest here, I want you to hear this loud and clear. God loves you so much. And that's why he sent his Holy Spirit to be a part of our lives. What would it be like to be loved so much and not acknowledge that love? Not grasp, as he says here, not grasp it, but just let it go. Hmm. It's no big deal. What would it be like to be loved so much and not grasp it, not get it? Some of you who are parents, you know what I'm talking about, right? Man, we love our kids so much, don't we? It's scary how much we love our kids. But what do our kids do with our love sometimes? <laughs> right? Are you with me, parents? You will understand, teens, one day what I'm talking about. You're going to get it. You're going to get it, just like I get it. Came full circle with me. Man, our parents love us so much. But we don't get it, do we? I hope today you can get it. I hope that you can hear the love letter. And, and here's the thing. Life is spiritual. Life is spiritual. But we operate on a material level. Most of our society, especially here in the United States, it's so material. Life's not spiritual until, until a moment comes along, right? Oh, yeah, then everything becomes spiritual, doesn't it? When we're in desperate, a desperate situation, we're faced with death, we're faced with a personal crisis that we have no control over, everything's spiritual then. I want to share with you a story that uh, Francis Chan, Chan shares about in his, in his book, Crazy. He's a, he's a pastor and a member of the church who was dying of cancer. And he asked the elders if they would come and anoint him with oil and pray over him for his healing. So Francis went along with the elders and joined them in the prayer. And the family's there, a lot of people are in the room, and they're praying for this man. He's dying of cancer, and they're praying for a healing. Before they pray, Francis asks him the question, well, why do you want to be healed? Isn't that a crazy question? Isn't it? I mean, isn't it kind of obvious why? And everybody in the room was like, they were, they were shocked. They were like, what are you, Francis, what are you doing? Why are you asking this question? He wants to be healed so that he can live. Why do you want to live? You know, anytime we talk about a blessing from God, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, I feel like it's so, so important for us to ask why. If you want power, if you want love, if you want a relationship with God, why? 
If you want a blessing, if you want a miracle, if you want something from God, why? Why? What's your motivation? Man, this is huge. If you're praying for God to help you financially, what are you going to do with that blessing? If you're praying for God to pull you out of your mess, your situation, get me out of this, help us as a church from go from here to here, help us with whatever, our missions contribution, whatever it is that you're asking from God, why? Look at what James said. And I believe it was a good question, bold question that Francis asked that gentleman. Look at what James said in chapter 4, verse 3. He says, when you ask, and he's talking about prayer. When you ask, you don't receive. Because you ask with the wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your what? Who's it for? Man, if you're asking God for something, whether it's a healing or whether it's help, the question you got to ask yourself, what are you going to do with it when he does it? And if we ask with the wrong motives, heal my marriage, heal my family, heal, what are you going to do with it? And you know what? Here's the crazy thing. God has helped us so much in spite of our motivation. Hasn't he? Oh boy, I know he's helped me. He's helped, he's helped me get out of so many situations and he, he hears my prayer, he answers my prayer, and guess what happens? I turn around around and I say, oh yeah, it's for me. And we forget about God. So as we talk about the Holy Spirit and being filled with the Holy Spirit, having a relationship with the Holy Spirit, why do you want him in your life? Really? What will you do with him? Will it be all about you? Will you just, just bathe yourself in the relationship and nothing else? So let's talk about the right motivations. What's the right motivations for being filled with the Holy Spirit and also having gifts of the Holy Spirit. What are the, what are the, what are the right motivations for that? Okay, if you want more, I want more. Don't you want more? But we also got to check our motives. What, what's the right motivation? Here's Paul talking about it to the church in Corinth because we know if you read the, 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 the letter that he wrote to the church in Corinth, their motives were not right, were they? He says, now, to each one... The manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. He's talking to a church. If you get a gift from the Holy Spirit, what are you going to do with him? What are you going to do with that gift? And, and what he's saying here, it's got to be for everybody else's good. It can't be about you. It's got to be about everybody else. How can you encourage other people? Okay, another another. another motivation he talks about verse 11 same chapter all these are the work of the and the same spirit and he distributes them each one just as he determines so who determines when the holy spirit shows up in miraculous form do i determine that can we determine that I mean, we can, we can ask, and we can keep on asking, but who determines it? He does. He determines when and how. You know, and, 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 and so many times we want things to be over, like, like a little kid, you know, and you ever seen a little kid with a magic trick? And he sees a magic trick, and he goes, do it again. 
He does it. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Hey, God, God decides when and how many times, and, but know his motivation. His motivation is for the edification of the church and for the benefit of others. Okay? And you and I have got to get in that same mindset, same mindset, same heart as God. Why do I want more of the Holy Spirit? If we want to be a church that is filled with the Holy Spirit, if you want to be a follower of Jesus, filled with the Holy Spirit, you've got to ask yourself the question. Let's track with God. Okay, let's track with the Holy Spirit. That it will be for the common good, and we'll understand when we pray, He's going to decide when and how. And we pray often. Okay, and, and if, the, if it's for the common good, my question is to you, how much do you love the church? How much do you love the church? Really? And our motivation needs to be, hey, I, I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit for the edification of the church. Because I want to give to the church. I, I, I want to give back to the church. And here, here's what was one of the problems in the church in Corinth. They were so much into self, self-elevation. Some of their services, they got out of control because this person wanted to be elevated, this person wanted to be elevated, and it created chaos. You can read it for yourself. And Paul had to settle them down and say, hey guys, it, it, it needs to be about everybody else, not about you. It needs to be about everybody else. We can't be attention getters or attention seekers. We got, we got to want it. And, and I got to just say this because I remember as a young minister, early on in my ministry, it was about me. You know, when you're a young minister with a small church down in the missionary South America, you go, man, I really want to lead a great church. Why? Because I want to be a great church leader. Why? And I'll tell you right away, it was more about me than it was about everybody else. And it was a fight. But I can tell you, as you get older, it's less about you because you don't really care anymore. You know, you don't care anymore. It's not about me. But wherever you are on the motivation scale, I, I just want to encourage you, make sure that it's about everybody else and make sure, check your heart. Do you love this church? Are you willing to give your life for the church? Okay? That's just, Jesus was. Jesus was willing to give his life for the church. And some of us, it's hard for us to get here on time. Get here consistently. Give ourselves. You got, you got to answer this question. Okay, and is God going to bless us when our motivation and our heart is not full of love for his church? Not our church. His, his church. Look at what Jesus said here. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. And it's okay to shine. It's okay to shine, and God wants us to shine. In fact, we renamed our church five years ago. You remember? We changed the name, didn't we? From the East region, which I don't know what that meant, but in the East. Okay? We're not on the East Coast. We're on the West Coast, but we're on the east side of Los Angeles, but we're really not on the east side. We're kind of in the middle, East San Gabriel, whatever. This is more scriptural, isn't it? God has called you. It's not just a name. God has called you to do what? 
He's called you to shine. Are you shining? Are you shining? Are we shining? Are we on fire for God? If not, you've got to ask yourself the question, why? I want to shine. Do you want to shine? Please shine is what Jesus is saying. Please, please, don't, please don't take the gift that I've given you and put it under a bowl or in a drawer and hide it. Don't do that. Please stop hiding as a Christian. We don't need undercover cops, Christians. We need out in the open, shining Christians. Okay, are you with me on that? Okay, if you're not, I want you to please get there, shine. And who gets the glory when we shine? If you're doing awesome, if God is using you and he's blessing you, who gets the glory? Yes, he does. Just step aside. It's all about him. In fact, I'm a mess. He's the only reason I can do anything good. He's the only reason because it, it wasn't that long ago when my life was a mess and then enters God. So I, yes, I do want to shine on. So here's another question in our relationship with the Holy Spirit. This is, this is big. Do you want to lead or be led by the Holy Spirit? How many of us here today would say, you have some leadership skills? Go ahead and say it. Raise your hand. You've got some leadership skills. You, you've done some leading, right? All right, you people and those of you who do and don't, didn't raise your hand because you don't want to be involved and you don't want to participate, you don't want to shine, it's okay. You have a problem because you like to lead, don't you? Okay, when everybody asks for volunteers, guess who's the first one who raises their hand? I do it. There's a need. I raise my hand. Remember in Little League when my son was playing Little League? So who wants to coach? I'll coach. Who wants to manage? I'll manage. But when it comes to being led, see, the only way this relationship is going to work between you and the Holy Spirit, and if you're a guest here today, I want you to understand this. The only way God is going to work in your life and get you out of the jam that you're in is if you will let him do what? Lead. You, you've done enough leading, haven't you? You've done enough driving. You drove for many years, and you drove everyone, including yourself, crazy. In this relationship with the Holy Spirit, you must let him lead. That means I let go. You must be led by the Holy Spirit. So all of us who are leaders, guess what we have to do? Sit down. All right. What, what do you want me to do? Let, what, what, what? Tell me what to do. What do I need to do? What do I need to change? Tell me where to go. Now, this is huge. You know that Jesus, the Son of God, the Father, and seated at the right hand of God, Jesus, look, look at this passage. When he started his ministry, when he started his ministry, Matthew 4, verse 1, when Jesus, when Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil, very beginning of his ministry, who's in charge? God. But it says it right there. Who, who led him to the desert? 
Who led him in the desert? The Holy Spirit did. Now, did Jesus, do you, would you want to go into the wilderness and go without food and drink for 40 days? Would you want, would you volunteer for that position? Yes, I want to do that. Many times the Holy Spirit's going to lead you where you do not want to go. I assure you, Jesus didn't want to go in the desert for 40 days and 40 nights in his human nature to be tempted, to be tested, to battle, to wrestle, to struggle with temptation for 40 days with the best tempter, the most skilled at it, the expert, the professional tempter. He knows it better than anybody. He knows how to get you. I've seen it. The strongest topple when the tempter comes along. Who led him? Who led him there? Holy Spirit. This is Jesus. He submitted, took a knee to God and the Holy Spirit. Will you? Now, this is the definition of a follower of Jesus, a son of God. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Are you a child of God? Huge question for us. Huge question for me. Guess, let me, let me show you this question. Guess where this question showed up? If you were called to go somewhere or do something that you don't want to do or go or do what you don't want to do, this is a kind of tricky question to apologize for, but you get what I'm saying. What if you were called to go somewhere you didn't want to go? Or do something you didn't want to do. Guess where this question showed up? El Salvador. I had to stop and think, guys. God, where do you want me? I'm here in El Salvador. Is this where you want me? It's not as convenient. It's not as nice as Southern California. Do you want me here? You know how long it's been since I've asked that question? Really? Like this? It's been a little while. Not just ask it, but open your hands to it. Where, where do you want me, God? Where do you want to use me? And if you're saying today that I believe God put me right here in Southern California in the house that I'm living, you've you got to ask some questions. Okay, you got to ask some questions, right? Because... You live in one of the nicest places on the planet. Did you know that? And I, I raised my kids in one of the best school districts in the county. There's a reason behind that. So we gotta, we got to ask ourselves some questions. Is this really where God wants you? And I had to ask myself that question. Are you really, really well, willing and ready to go anywhere and do anything that God wants you to do? And it's individual. I can't say it for you. You can't say it for me. We've got to be open to the Holy Spirit and what he's going to say. But here, here's some questions I want to ask you. Um, maybe you are right where you are. You, you're, I'm, right where I, I'm right where I feel God has put me. I'm right where I need to be. Here, here's some questions for you. Would you be missed if you left? Would you be missed if you left? If the answer is no then I question whether you are right where God wants you to be. Because if you were right where God wants you to be, guess what? You'd be missed tremendously. Boy, you'd be missed. Okay, because you'd be tracking at 
Another, another question, what, what would the church look like if every member of the church were exactly as devoted as you are? I mean, let's just take you and multiply it times 600. What would it look like? What, what would be, would the church be stronger? Would it be more willing to give and serve? And, and, and how, would, how would the attendance be? How would, how would the volunteer be? How would, how would it look if, if everyone were just like you? Man, that's a huge question, isn't it? Multiply me times 600. Now, the answer to that question is, I want to be the best follower of Jesus that I can be. You can't be like somebody else. You got to be you, but be the best you you can be and be filled with the Holy Spirit so that God can use you. What if every team were just like you? Just like you. Would the team ministry be stronger, better, more giving, more sacrificial? I mean, just full of heart, joy. Would there be more joy in the room because there are more people like you? See, because I believe too many of us are focused on everybody else. And we let everybody else determine where we go. Well, I'm not going to do it because nobody else is doing it. And I'm just going to go over here in this little space over here and be like everybody else. Is that God's will for you? Is that the Holy Spirit calling you to be where he wants you to be? That's a scary question, isn't it? And let me just be honest with you. When I was in El Salvador, I didn't feel comfortable with this question. It made me feel like, oh, wow. Oh, what, when do we leave? When can I get back and affirm myself that this is where God wants me? Instead of asking the, the, the question. Okay? So this is stuff for you to think about. Really, it, it comes down to self-gratification versus Holy Spirit transformation. If you let the Holy Spirit lead, guess what he's going to do with you? Man, he's going to transform you. He's going to transform you. He's going to change you into somebody else. All those struggles and all those things that are dogging you, they're going to be gone. They're going to be, they're going to be ancient history. You're going to be different. You're going to be, God's going to change you. you. You can see it in the scriptures. I've seen it in the church. I've seen it in families. When the Holy Spirit leads a marriage, guess what? That marriage goes from here to here. And I'm not inviting you into the ministry. Let me just make that clear. I'm not inviting. This isn't, a, this isn't a questionnaire for you to go into full-time ministry. No. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, a technician, a manager, broker, you know, whatever it is, whatever you're doing, be the best at it. Teacher, guidance counselor, be the best at it. Let him work on you and so that you can be all right, so here's, here's to the meat. Let's get to the meat. All right, a real relationship. Let's talk about a real relationship. Okay? Now, those of us who are married know what we're talking about in a real relationship, right? Especially the guys. You know what I'm talking about, right? There's a difference between I'm married and being in a real relationship. Because there's some questions that she asks you or statements that she says to you. I don't feel close to you. Ever heard that? I've heard that. Okay, what's that mean? That means the relationship to them isn't real. Okay? And in Southern California, we have a trouble, we have a, 
we have a challenge with things that are real versus fake. Don't we? There's this facade that it's a cloud almost. That when you, you, you fly into Los Angeles, it's like, place is awesome. Is it real? It's like Disneyland. Is it real? You know, you, you look behind the curtain and you go, oh, I guess it's not. We're talking about a real relationship with the Holy Spirit here. A real relationship. Do you want a real relationship? And if you want a real relationship, it's going to take, and, and this is where I believe the Holy Spirit comes in and, and assures us of his, his relationship towards us, okay? So I just want to assure you, I've asked a lot of questions about you, but I want you to understand God loves you. From him to you, here is the relationship. But now that, you, now that you know God, or rather are known by God, how is it that you're turning back to those weak and miserable forces? Now look at this, known by God. Do you know that he knows you? He knows who you are, where you live. You're known by God. Stop and think about that. I wish I could just say it to you by name, but there's too many of us. But, but just hear your name. You are known by God. Daniel. God knows you. Just stop and go, man, he knows me. Wow. That's intense intense and and he goes on he says because you are his sons god sent his spirit in of his son into your hearts the spirit who calls out abba father and we've looked at this 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 nerd this word before right abba father what's it mean it's a very intimate form of saying father it's not father it's dad do you know that i don't call my dad my physical dad i don't call him father nor do I call him padre in Spanish. We mostly speak Spanish, my dad and I. Do you know when I call my dad? Papa. I call him papa. You know why? Because that comes from here. I love him. Not everybody calls my dad papa. My kids call him abuelo. They don't get to call him papa. I get to call my dad papa. Only me and my four brothers and sisters. Listen, listen, listen. This is important. This is important. You get to call God Dad. Stop and think about that. Stop, please. Please stop and think about that. You have this closeness you can call him dad he's giving that to you he's saying listen i wouldn't want don't don't call me sir don't call me god don't call me father call me dad oh my gosh just let that sink in let let that sink in and he goes on he says so you're no longer slaves you're but you're god's child you're god's child and and since you're his child, God has made you what? Heir to what? 
You're a prince. We talked about this before a while back. You're a princess. You're royalty. Are you hearing me? You're royalty. You're more than, than Prince Charles and, and Princess, what's her name? Whatever it is. You're more than that. See, see you're, you're an heir to the highest throne there is. Buckingham Palace, nothing, nothing. This is what God has given you. So I, I want you to understand the real relationship that God has given you. His part to you is what? Absolute, total, sonship, daughtership. And you're an heir. Now, enough about his, his side, okay? Because it's full, it's, wow, God's side of the relationship. Let's talk about our side of the relationship. Here are relationship killers. Here are things that affect relationships. God's side to you is what? Full measure. What's our side to him? Okay, there's two relationship killers. Number one is comfort. Comfort. What's another name for the Holy Spirit? Comforter, right? Now let me ask you. Do you need a comforter when you're already comfortable. Mm -mm. When are you going to feel closest to the Holy Spirit? When do you need the comforter? When you're comfortable? And see, some of us, our goal, and I confess it, there's been times where I've wanted to be comfortable more than I've wanted the, the comforter. The time when you remember this, think about in your life, when were you closest to God and the Holy Spirit? When you were uncomfortable and you needed the comforter. Right? And, and, and the big deal here is in, in, in Southern California, we've set up our lives to be so comfortable. We don't need a comforter. What do I need a comforter for? I mean, think about it. your seats, man. Your seats are padded. So you could put your arms out here in this first section. We could put our arms out like this. You're so comfortable. Man, you're going to walk out of here and you're going to cruise your car, you're going to get in your car, and some of you got these buttons, you just push the button and the car starts by itself. Wow. Or your phone, you turn your phone and you go boom and the car starts. And you got a cell phone. And you got a house and your bed has a pillow top on the top of it to make sure whatever that mattress is, if it's firm below, it's still comfortable on top. Guys, our lives are surrounded by comfort. They mark it to us. You don't need the Holy Spirit. You don't need Him. He wants you, but you don't need Him. So you're going to have to do some stirring with this. Okay? Now, another one. This is huge, huge volume. Volume. It's a relationship killer. What am I talking about? Noise. Can you have, and let's just get real. Some of you during the lesson here at church, you're not looking at me, which you don't have to look at me, but when you're in a relationship with somebody, guess what you're doing? Have you ever seen this picture at a restaurant? Two couples, or a couple, couple, man and woman, sitting at the dinner table, and what are they doing? I've done it. 
I got, I got to tell you, not too long ago, guys, I got to tell you, not too long ago, I was on a conference call answering an email, and my wife was asking me a question at the same time, and I'm answering her question. Can you really do three things at the same time? Was I really a part of the conference call? Was I really engaged in the email? Was I really answering her question? And multitasking is such a big deal. Some of us think we can multitask here in the service, and we think we can email, we can text, we can iMessage, we can check our, our status, and here and there, we think we could do two, three things at a time. And let me just say, volume affects my prayer life. I'm open with you. It affects me. It hurts me that I've got a phone and at 6.30 in the morning, it's buzzing, it's, it's, you know, it's doing something. And guess what I do? I confess it, guys. It hurts. This hurts. This hurts. This volume. We're doing too, we're doing too many things at the same time. And if you want a relationship with the Holy Spirit, you've got you to gotta block everything out. Really. And I'm just say this, if you want a relationship with anybody, anybody, you've got to block things out. Okay, can we come to an agreement? I just need 40 minutes of your attention. I mean, God just needs 40 minutes of your attention. Because I'm looking at teens, but guess who else does it? I see some of you. I've seen it. Let's do me a favor. We do have this rule in my house. I've broken it a few times. But we, we try really hard to keep it. Guess what? We take the phones and we set them aside at the dinner table. Why? Because we want to be present. We want to be, these are relationship killers. Now there's others, but these are two we're talking about today. So look at Jesus. Look at Jesus, his, his great example. When's the, this question first. When's the last time that you had an uninterrupted conversation with somebody? Eye to eye. Face to face. No interruptions. Really, when's the last time? For an extended amount of time. It's rare. So let's be intentional. Especially in our relationships with the people that we love. Especially with God. Okay? Let, let's put all the stuff on the side. Let's put the distraction away. Turn the TV off. Turn the stuff off. Go away. Look at Jesus. Mark 1, verse 35. Very early in the morning. Why did Jesus do it early in the morning? While it was still dark, that's early. How, how early is when it's still dark here in Southern California? Five-ish? It starts getting light. It starts getting light. 5.30? Jesus got up really early. It was still dark. Jesus got up and left the house. He went off to a what? Solitary place. Why did he do that? Volume. Volume. Noise, noise, please, please preserve your relationship with the Holy Spirit. This is so important for us, guys. You're not going to get what we've been talking about for the last four or five weeks. You're not going to get it. You're not going to fix your marriage. You're not going to fix your family. You're not going to fix any friendship that you have when you don't give that relationship attention. God's just teaching us 
Relationship 101, isn't he? Give me your attention. I'll give you mine. I'm giving you everything. You have my attention. I'm listening. A real conversation. This is where we're going to wrap it up. A real conversation. Now, God tells us incredible, incredible things about how much he loves us. But there are times where he's going to have a real conversation with you. Are you listening? Let's look. Let's look. Here's a real conversation that the Spirit of God had with a church. To the angel of the church. Revelation 2, verse 1. To the angel of the church in Ephesus write, this is the message. These are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands. This is deep. Okay, we're not even going to go there. We don't have time. We could spend a whole hour just on this. But he's writing a letter, God, the Spirit, to an angel that oversees what? Church. You could change the church in Ephesus to the church where? Lighthouse Church. We could put our name in there, couldn't we? What's a real conversation? I know your deeds, your hard work, your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people. So how does he start out? Come on, man. Hey, you're doing awesome. You're doing good, okay? You're doing great. Thank you for what you're doing. I see it. I see the good things that you're doing. I acknowledge those things. This is a real conversation. No, 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 but. Who said but? Who said but? Not done yet. People try to preach for me. Let God work. He's not done yet. You have persevered. You've endured hardship for my name, and you have not grown weary. You're still in the fight. Come on, you're still in the fight with me. You haven't given up. You know how many people have given up? Let me just tell you the facts. Most people have given up. The majority give up. We, we celebrated 20 years in Central America. It's awesome. If you, come, if you come on Tuesday night, which I, I want all of you to come on Tuesday night, we're going to show you a 20-year video. It's the coolest thing. But we had all the people, or Josue Ortega had all the people stand up in front of the conference that had been 20 years in this fight. And, and then his brother sang this song. He did solo, and he called, it was called Hero. And he sang the song, and he sang to them, and he said, you're my hero. And guess what the people that had been there for 20 years were, what they were doing? They're crying and crying. Oh. Ask each one of them, was it worth it? Is it worth it? You hung in there? When everybody else quit, some of your friends quit. Some of the people that you love quit. You stayed in the fight. And God wants you to know, Holy Spirit, he wants you to know. He says, you've persevered and you've endured the hardship. You're still here. They're not. Now let's get them back. But you're here and I know you're here and I know you've kept in the fight. You didn't quit. Good job. Not grown weary. Okay. You felt weary, but you didn't grow weary. Now we can go to the but 
You knew it was coming. But it's this conversation, a real conversation. Let me encourage you, but I got something to say. Yet I hold this against you. It's a real conversation. We got something to talk about. My wife does this to me. We have real conversations. And I tell her what I'm feeling. It's a real conversation. Yet I have this against you. You've forsaken the love you had at first. Mm. Boy, that's a hard conversation, isn't it? Let me ask you a question. When you were a young Christian, how did you love? Come on, let's get honest. See, this is the Holy Spirit having a real conversation with a real church. I'm encouraging you in all the things you've done, but I got one thing. Your heart, your heart is not with me like it used to be. You don't love me like I love you. You've pulled back in this relationship. You've got other things going on. You've got other things, other relationships going on. You don't love me like you used to. You know, I got to be honest with you guys. I had to wrestle with this question. But I can tell you what I want. I want to love him more than I did him first. More. If you're a baby Christian, that's what you have to look forward to. You get to love God more and more and more. Robert Lick felt 20 years. There's still more, bro. Where are you? There you are. There's still more. Dave's not here because he's in Florida, but he's probably watching online. He's been at this for 40 years. We had another elder, you know, came and visited in the Central American Conference 42 years. He got Dave beat. Guess what? There's more after 42 years. There's more. Do you want more? God wants to show you that he loves you more. But do you want to show him that you love him more? He goes on. Consider how far you've fallen. Repent. In other words, change your ways. Do a 360 or a 180. Do a 180. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come and remove your lampstand from its place. That's heavy. That's heavy. Lampstand was a flame that rose above the church. Pillar church. The church known by God. It'll still be God's church, still be Jesus' church, but it won't have that flame, the fire. Now there's other letters. Can I ask you a question? Or ask you to do something this week that you'll look at Revelation 2 and 3 this week? You just listen to a real conversation and ask yourself the question what the Holy Spirit said to those churches, Laodicea and, and, and these other churches, real churches. What would the Holy Spirit say to us? Do you love me? There's one about being lukewarm. There's one about tolerating sin. There's another one in there that says, man, I don't have anything wrong to say to you guys because you're awesome. Wouldn't you love to be that church? Let's be that church. And you got nothing on us. Because we're good. We're putting it all out there. We love him. It's obvious. We're not perfect, but we're loving him. Okay, so, so can we do this? And then he closes out and says, whoever has ears, do you have ears this morning? Yes, I do. But are you hearing? 
then let him hear what the Spirit says to who? Lighthouse Church of Christ, do you love me like you used to love me long time ago? When you were willing to do anything, now you're call on me, don't, 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 don't ask me to do anything. I hope you don't see me. Okay, I'm not here. Shh, quiet. Okay, he's, he's gone. He's gone. I can come out. Come on, guys. Come on. Do you understand what God wants to do with us? What he wants to do with you? But if you're not willing to have a real conversation with the Holy Spirit that he wants to have with our church, and what would, what would the worldwide church look like if we were that? Stop and think about that. Take us, let's do a little, let's do a little virtual change. Take this church, put us in in Kiev, Ukraine, number one, we don't speak the language. Take this church, put us in Iraq. How many of us would be left? Take this church, put us in Havana, Cuba. Come on, let's be honest. These are some hard questions today. Last week was nice. You want a real relationship with the Holy Spirit? I do. I do. I do. I do. I do. See, because all the love, all the, that comes, that's real. But you got to reciprocate. Jesus wants to tell you, I love you. But the Holy Spirit wants to ask you, like Jesus asked Peter, do you love me, Peter? How can you love me when you got all this other stuff going on? Let's get rid of the volume. Let's get rid of the distractions. Let's focus. Let's open our hearts wide. Okay, are you with me, church, this morning? I mean, the Holy Spirit is so awesome. Guys, he wants to do some incredible things among us. Really scary things. Exciting things. But if we don't open the way, and do the simple things. Just love him. Okay? Can we do that today? Can, 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 you, can, you come, can we come together, you and me? Because I got stuff. I'm not one here preaching. I, I got stuff too. We all got to work on this together. Let's open up our hearts and love. And let's take the communion together to seal the deal. Okay? Let's seal the deal. If you, listen, here. If you do not want this kind of relationship with the Holy Spirit, with God, don't take the communion yet. Don't take it. Wait a week. Okay? You got some relationship situations that you're not resolved with. You're not loving somebody the way the Bible teaches you. Don't take the communion. Hold it back. Wait till next week. But if you want to embrace this with all your heart and you want to say, Jesus, you gave me your body. You gave me your blood, and I want to give you all that I have. Then take the communion. 
That's heavy, isn't it? That's the real communion that, they, that Paul talked about, that Jesus talked about, where we celebrate right now. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so, so much for the assurance that your Holy Spirit, he gives us, that you love us, that we get to call you Dad. Wow, God. So awesome that you're willing to give everything for us. God, I, I pray that you'll please forgive me for holding back. I pray that you'll forgive me for being distracted, for multitasking in my relationship with you. God, I pray for our church that you'll please forgive us, God, for holding back, for multitasking in our lives, for hiding. God, thank you for all the people here that have persevered so much, but God, we know we want more. And Jesus right now is showing us by the communion, he's, he's showing us that he's not holding back. Everything is out there. His body, his blood, they're out there for us because you love us, God. Thank you for reminding us through the communion. Please bless this communion. Give us a brand new start that we can leave here today thinking, deciding, and grateful for the opportunity. Please bless us and help us, God. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.